Welcome to another episode of Think Arctic, a podcast powered by GCI that tackles the issues facing the Arctic and its stakeholders. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Holly Noland. In this episode, we chat with Forrest Dino Olimau, Chief Administrative Officer for the North Slope Arctic Borough, about growing up in the Arctic and how technology has impacted the way of life. Thank you for joining us, Forrest. Let's start by talking about your role and interest in the Arctic. Well, ever since uh, I can remember, uh, I've always lived in Barrow, Alaska, all my life. Uh, um, raised by a single mother. My uh, father died when I was a very young boy. And uh, back in the day, living in a community with no economy was uh, pretty harsh and my mother working for the federal government in the hospital uh, it was a job for her it was a very meager salary um, I, I think I remember her telling me at one point in time um, she was making a uh, dollar seventy-five an hour and uh, it paid the bills, but uh, over time, things changed. Uh, the discovery of oil and uh, the big uh, infrastructure boom, uh, not to mention all the uh, communications and technology that evolved in such a short period of time. And uh, the way I like to put it is, uh, when you're talking about the last frontier, um, given the isolation that we lived in, when the rest of the world, I should say the United States, rest of the United States evolved over a 250 year period. And in Barrow, I've seen it evolve in 50 years. So, Having all that said, um, to experience where every household has at least one smartphone and one vehicle, one snow machine, and one ATV, we've come a long ways from where we were 50 years ago. How has the introduction of new technologies impacted the way of life in Barrow? On the most part, I think the positives that have come out of that have been pretty good. Uh, it's easier to uh, do their subsistence uh, lifestyle. The machines are faster, uh, more dependable. Then um, there's the firearms are much better. Um, but then again, one of the uh, negatives out of all that technology is uh, uh, viewing pop culture where everybody what they see on TV is what they want to emulate um, outside of their homes and uh, that's put a tremendous strain on community um, I guess it's a, an identity crisis 
if you will. Can you talk about the importance of preserving culture in your community? I think the aspects of our culture is family. Uh, it doesn't really matter uh, if you're from Timbuktu or Anchorage. If you come into the community and you want to belong into the community, then the community will accept you just so long as everyone is working in collaboration to make life good for everyone. What are some of the opportunities you see in the Arctic today? There's a lot of things that I think about when I think about opportunities. Uh, you know, like I indicated, in the last 40 years, we've been uh, developing infrastructure in the areas of clinics, fire stations, schools, uh, and just the basic uh, needs that uh, everyone has, in, like I said earlier, that everyone has enjoyed for the last 200 years. Um, you know, we've developed in the last um, 20 to 40 years. And uh, I think more importantly is the, um, the medical health arena. I, I think there's a vast opportunity to improve that. Uh, although it has improved in the last 20 years, but I think it can be better because we shouldn't have to fly... Um, our people uh, 800 miles to get their appendix taken out. It should be done right there on the spot. Uh, we've lost um, many lives because of that. Um, but it is improving. You know, we have uh, medevac services, uh, which helps, and we have uh, dozens of our people that are trained in uh, emergency care. So that helps too. But as far as um, infrastructure development, um, because of the climate change, we're going to have to be more um, keen on the rising ocean. And uh, the receding ice has, has a lot of, um, I guess, building of anxieties in our people's uh, but, you know, we, we're resilient people. We adapt. And uh, how we address that in the future is going to be um, the key. And where we involve the other organizations like the federal government or the state government um, to help us uh, resolve the issues that need attention. Can you share any stories about how education or healthcare has changed in your community over time? Well, you know, just the beauty of uh, watching my children being born in, in a place I call home, where in the past a childbirth was a risk, a very big risk, but a lot of that has been um, minimized, and my wife, um, and if she ever hears this, uh, hello Mary Jo, um, but she's 
given birth to 12 children. There's a, an OB doctor that was there the last four of my babies. Um, there was a physician's assistant on my fifth child, uh, or five children ago, and then uh, I believe a nurse did the firstborn. Um, but none, nonetheless, um, having come that far to where our hospital can deliver um, babies on a regular basis, so there was a lot of firsts. For my wife, uh, one of uh, our daughters was born on January 1st. One of our, or no, our son was born on January 1st, or a daughter on December 25. Um, the, the first baby born in the brand new hospital that we got up there, and the first baby to be born in the city of Utkarvik. So Barrow was just recently changed to Tkelvik. So, I mean, I could get anecdotal about a lot of things, uh, but uh, we'll limit that. As a person living in Barrow, what do you think we need to consider as the Arctic undergoes development? That's an easy one. I think when once you develop some infrastructure, uh, whether you have a short-term plan, uh, the important thing is going to be how to maintain that uh, development for the long term. Because um, we've seen so many times and there's been mistakes or things to learn from where manufacturing plants were built for a demand and need at one point and when that demand fell off, um, the infrastructure was just locked up overnight and uh, I don't think we could afford to do that up in the Arctic. It's got to be methodically well thought out uh, before um, any major development occurs because at, at, at the end of the day it's, it's like uh, we have a piece of infrastructure that was built in the um, 1950s, sorry about that, in the 1950s, and it was a Naval Arctic Research Lab. And uh, it was a major, major piece of infrastructure. And uh, when it was uh, done being used by the federal government, um, their way of uh, washing their hands of it was to uh, give it to the uh, native corporation rather than uh, clean it up. But it seems to be the uh, trend when you're dealing with development. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Today's technology, you know, is ten times what it was when I was growing up. Um, you know, I have a two-year-old, I have a two-year-old son that is much better with a smartphone than I am. I mean, it just, he just whizzes right through it, knows the passcode, 
um, pretty phenomenal. My idea of technology when I was two years old was reading a Archie comic book. Um, and that was in black and white before they had colored. Um, and I remember <clears throat> growing up in, in the village of Barrow when there was only one telephone in town. And now, like I said earlier, smartphone in every child's hand. That's pretty phenomenal. And the way to uh, just surfing the internet to um, gather data and information is uh, much, much greater than the opportunities that I had. Back in the day, it was all manual and mechanical. Today, it's um, you turn the satellites off up in space, uh, probably uh, three-quarters of the world's population won't know how to function because they're so attached to uh, electronics. And if you don't have the internet, you don't have a life. That's all I have to say about that. Thank you, Forrest, and thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Think Arctic. You can find our bi-weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Until next time. Thank you.